What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Off The Chain, the backbone for storytelling across builders, creators, and collectors within Web3. Each episode, we'll dive into how these technologists use the power of blockchain to build businesses and foster creativity. Today, we've got Chris Torres. Unless you've been off the grid for the past 10 years, you've surely come across Neon Cat, one of the world's most recognizable memes. Chris created this character exactly 10 years ago as part of a charity drive and most recently sold it as an NFT for 300 ETH. While the word meme is linked with internet jokes, memes are in fact units of cultural transmission and have become embedded in our daily lives. During this chat, we'll dive into the origin of memes, the economy around them, and the story of Chris. Chris, what's going on? How you doing? Hey, GM, GM. Great to Great to connect with you. I know we had a, little, a few, few uh, schedule issues, but it's great to be uh, on this chat with you right now. I know it's amazing. And, you know, obviously very familiar with your background and even your PFP and how you've got the moving coveted PFP yeah. is uh, something special that everyone across Twitter gets to see. So whether or not they know what Neon Cat is and, and what your background is, they definitely see your profile picture. And so excited for people to hear a little bit more about you today and excited to really dive into it with you. So again, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I know that everything that I've been doing is all over the place. And I would love to just like, you know, explain a little bit more what's going on. And and this is this sounds like a great opportunity. So thank you for having me on. Of course. And so, you know, as I was doing all my research, I went totally down the meme rabbit hole before this recording. Nice. Uh, and you know, you hear you hear a lot about the meme economy. And we'll talk about that. Really, there's a whole meme world and, and memes are really touching so many different facets of our life. And so you're one of the OGs in the space. And so let's really get into it. Can you tell us uh, who do we have in the room today? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So my name is Chris Torres. I'm 36 years old, live in Dallas, Texas, fully doxxed. And uh, 11 years ago, I part of a charity drive that I was doing, I drew a cat that was flying through space with the breakfast pastry body. Uh, this was originally for like a little charity drive. There were like some, there were a lot, a lot of natural disasters going on at that time. And I was just trying to like raise some money, which all went to the American Red Cross. Um, during that time, I was in a chat room doing a, like a live stream with a lot of people. And I was just like, hey, what do you guys want to see? Like, I, I'll draw whatever. I was basically like doodling stuff for people for tips. Like, I, I think I made like $100 <laughs> that week. It wasn't it wasn't anything at all. But it was, you know, it was just trying to help the best way I could. And um, <clears throat> in that chat room, people started mentioning cats because I've been a cat person forever and everybody's like, yeah, you better draw a cat. <laughs> and then there was like cats, rainbows, uh, breakfast pastries. It was all sorts of words that were thrown in there, but those three words kind of stuck out. So um, I actually drew a really quick doodle of a cat with rainbows flying, you know, like a trail kind of thing. And, um, and, and that was it, honestly, at that moment. Uh, I didn't think much of it. It didn't even have a name. It was just a really silly, cute cat, but everybody in the chat loved it. Uh, and it's funny, later that night, I woke up, I want to say it was like 1am that night, it was April, it was April 1st, I believe 2011. And it was April Fool's Day. And I was like, you know what, I want to try to expand this a little further. So I actually stayed up the whole night drawing this cat <laughs> and, and posted it on Twitter and Tumblr. 
and went to sleep because it was like the sun was coming up at that moment. And then when I woke up, I had just realized that Nyan Cat was born. Like I already had so many emails, so many people showing their support and love. And since then, it's just been an explosive moment. Like ever since that moment, it's just been one of the craziest experiences that I've ever known. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> that's the best way to summarize the quickness of it. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm just a digital artist by day and night, uh, DJ in the DJ in the NFT space, and just trying to like vibe and and find really cool people to connect with out there. I love it, and and we're of course gonna dive into Neon Cat throughout this what i want to also start off with is something that i've read before is a quote saying that no society exists without poets from your pov what's the importance of poets and artists in society today i mean honestly i i do honestly believe in that Um, i believe artists are kind of the backbone of many entertainment pieces of society Uh, almost anything can be art whether it's a banana taped on the wall or the mona lisa or you know anything in between, so uh, it, it's that kind of stuff that fuels creativity for other artists in this in, in the space, and everything just kind of turns into an ecosystem of art connections, networking, and art just kind of thrives in that kind of ecosystem. It's it's a really fantastic environment. And when it comes to memes in particular, which are a form of art, what's the role of memes in today's society? It's funny that, first of all, you mentioned that memes are a form of art because to, to go back a little bit, I feel like a lot of people still don't understand the power of memes. Um, it's funny, back in the early 90s, I already knew that memes were kind of an important facet of of the internet society. It's funny, I'll, I'll be in the real life world talking to people and trying to mention memes in any way, shape or form. And I always get this, I always get the stares, like the people just like, what are you talking about? Or like, what, like, there's no importance <laughs> in that. But I have seen firsthand just throughout my, ent- my entirety, my entire journey in the NFTs, um, excuse me, just the internet world, that memes are just such powerful tools. They originated they originated really like simplistic, like just like a picture of a penguin with like top text, bottom text, something really silly. But now it everything's really complex. Like memes now share the news. Memes now like tell people what's going on in the world. It's funny. I get most of my news from memes, which is so silly to know. But like it, that's kind of what sticks in my head more. Like I'll read an article and I'll get some information, but then I'll click around and I see a meme of SpongeBob with something, I don't know, something written on it. And I'm like, oh, and then that's what sticks with, with me more. So memes are memes are definitely a powerful tool. They let you share something that's easily digestible, easily understood, and sometimes funny, sometimes sad, but it's enough for you to get engagement in in a sense where you can share it to your friends. And that's how things go viral. The moment that you share it to your friends, then your friends share it to your other friends. Maybe they'll post it on Twitter or whatever social platform they choose. And then it's seen by other people, taken from there, adapted, you know, changed a little bit. And it's just entire societies can be formed off memes. It's so funny how memes are really honestly the backbone of a lot of fats that's on the internet uh, yeah well i'll i'll be honest when i was and of course i'm a millennial myself too so i'm thought i was very familiar with what memes are but you know memes are almost like saying marketing 
Like, oh, I know marketing or, or I work in marketing. It's like, well, are you in the creative side of it? Are you in advertising? Are you in out of home? Are you in programmatic? There are so many different facets to it. And that also drives itself to like even how people define a meme. So even just throwing this out there is Merriam-Webster defines a meme as an amusing or interesting item such as a caption, picture, or video, or genre of items that is spread widely online, especially through social media. Would you take away or add anything to this definition, or do you think that captures it? I think that captures it perfectly. And I would like to expand just a little further. Um, A lot of people think that memes are just, you know, like little pictures that you share around. But memes are almost literally anything that you can spread. Like news articles can be memes. Videos can be memes. Uh, There's just different categories of, you know, those kind of memes. Like there's viral memes. But then there's like really fun, really silly memes that are out there. But, you know, I really people, I really feel that people need to understand that memes are are definitely a huge force to be reckoned with, especially after everything I've seen in, in the world. Because it's just, it's it's wild how memes have just evolved into an entire, basically in an economy. And and I just see, I just see the power of memes, and I feel like things are just going to only get more complex and more interesting from here on out. And when you say complex, can you even dive into that a little bit more? What what does a meme becoming more complex mean? I think we're actually in that, um, I guess I'll call it the meta already. Like I mentioned just like a little bit ago, like memes used to be little silly images, but now there are ways to convey news. There are entire companies dedicated to making sure that they have content that mirrors what a normal person would just post on the internet. They, They work super hard. They're working with countless you know research groups and everything trying to make everything look organic and um i'll throw in a meme up there like the the office excuse me not the office uh 30 rock with uh (laughs) when the guy's like how do you do fellow kids like they're trying their hardest to replicate something that's easily understood and shareable but not in a way that that somebody can look at it and go oh this is just marketing so uh memes are evolving in that kind of way like where 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 companies entire companies are low key creating all these memes and they're just posting out posting stuff and all the time trying to see what sticks so it's it's funny seeing that kind of stuff like i grew up you know the way i grew up on memes was just literally the simplest form of it i would be on 4chan tumblr twitter just i would I'll, you know, pop up Photoshop, a drawing program, draw whatever I want and share it. But now memes are getting so complex that they're just getting really, you just can't tell who's, you know, just somebody doing organic and who is actually has a big marketing presence behind them, trying to push it in a way, trying to make it look organic on its own. It's kind of wild out there. Very, very wild. And that also now lends us to your original meme, the neon cat. And what I'm very curious about is why is Neon Cat a meme and not just a GIF? What's the difference between them? The, I don't even know that answer because <laughs> honestly, I was just creating art. Um, however, it just kind of turned into this really viral moment on the internet. Uh, you you kind of, well, the way that Neon Cat was created and mixed together ended up kind of at the time incorporating all the really big things at the time like you had rainbows and cats and you know cats are 
the mascot of the internet, basically. So you had all of those things. And it was just like a really simple picture. Um, although the creation process was pretty complex, like the final result is something you can look at and be like, oh, it's a cat flying through space. It's something that you can scroll by and it immediately grabs your attention just because it's it's so colorful and vivid and wild. Uh, <laughs> but it really wasn't meant to be what it is right now. And honestly, every day I'm just like, wow, like I can't believe I'm in this spot because I, it just wasn't something that I was aiming at the time. But it's something that I fully embraced. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's been a life-changing thing for me. And and every day I'm just I'm just blessed to be in the position I'm in because I it's it's difficult to be an artist in in any part of the internet. Um I grew up, you know, pretty much trying to like beg for commissions on Twitter, uh, you know, being like, Hey, you know, I'll draw something for you for like $10 or, you know, whatever. And, and like, that's kind of how I got by for a while. But now that Yancat has exploded into the, the world, turned into this whole worldwide phenomenon in a way, it's kind of become my full-time job. So it's, it's so, it's very surreal, uh, humbling, but I'm just very, I'm just very grateful to be in the position I'm in right now. And I love that. And and hearing you say it's like turned into your full-time job, you know, you've been at it for years at this point. What do you think were the main drivers behind the staying power of Neon Cat? I think the biggest, well, all right. So when I first posted it on the internet, it like instantly exploded. So it was like, it just kind of took off the moment it just was on the internet. But what really got it to be like an earworm in everybody's heads was a few days later um somebody that a friend that i'm really good with you know with now her name is sarah she actually mixed it with the the, the song that everybody knows today so it's funny that the neon the neon itself is a mixture of three different entities kind of throwing everything together um, at the time we didn't know each other at all it was just me with the image and then sarah she took this really already famous song by Hatsune Miku, uh, created by Danny Well uh, on Twitter. And he, she put the image and the, the song together and just posted it on YouTube. It's funny, um, I didn't know that it was on YouTube for for a few days until somebody messaged me going, hey, look, this, this cat that you drew is, is on YouTube and it's getting hundreds of thousands of views. And, and then from there, it just took off. Um, I remember that YouTube itself took over and they actually added like a little time star uh time stamp yan cat on the video itself um, at the time it was the only video on youtube that ever had this feature where as the video progressed yan cat was was the little progress bar and i feel like that really drove a lot of eyes to it as well because it was just a brand new feature nobody had seen before so it was just a lot of people taking yan cat adding their own little twist making at you know putting a little technology to it and also posting it on, on there as well. And that's kind of how memes are spread. You know, like you, you take something, you add a little bit, something else to it. And now it's something that's still the original source file, but now it's now uh, spread to a different audience, has a little bit more of an edge to it and gets spread further from there. So yeah, it's, it's pretty well. And it's interesting you say that, how it's spread and in a sense, prior to nfts and prior to putting it on the chain it almost seems as if everyone felt like they own neon cat and when it comes to nfts and minting it on the blockchain you can then prove ownership and i'm sure that was a very big moment for you once you started to realize hey 
let me mint Neon Cat as an NFT to be able to prove ownership of this. What was your goal of minting Neon Cat? Was it strictly just pure finances or was there something else to it that you wanted to prove or show to the world that, hey, I am the originator of this and it's time stamped on the blockchain? Honestly, it was a little bit of everything you just mentioned. Um, I'll, I'll go back a little bit more before the minting of Neon Cat itself. Uh, the pandemic was hitting really hard. And at the time, I was actually laid off from work and I was unemployed and you know, I, I, I was just kind of struggling to get by. And then I had a friend that showed me this article on NFTs. I think at the time, the article was focused on super rare and rareable and just how artists could totally take charge of themselves, like be their own bosses, create art, put it on the blockchain. And then from there, not only is it somewhere where people can purchase, trade it and whatever, but it gives like, what's the word for it? It gives the content creator a spotlight. It tells everybody this person created it. This person is the one that posted it on the internet and this person owns this piece. And that was a huge thing for me. Um, the 10 years before I minted Nian Ket on the blockchain, it nobody knew who I was. Like a few people who knew who were there when I meant, you know, who I when I created the image, you know, who knew who I was, but like the general masses just all thought that Nian Cat just kind of appeared out of nowhere magically with nobody behind it. And, and, you know, that was great. Like, I loved seeing all the different iterations and stuff. And it's cool seeing that kind of stuff out there. But um, at the time, it was I was just like, you know what, I want to like, expand Nancat a little further, I want to just, you know, take, I want I want people to know that there's a creator behind it. So yeah, so I minted it on the blockchain, I actually took the original source file of Nancat, which was kind of a mess. Like I, when I created Nancat, there were I know a lot of people probably don't realize that there's little glitches and stuff on there that <laughs> just it's to me the past 10 years I somebody who's really OCD on pixel art I'm like man I really wish I could have cleaned this up in sort of a sort of a way and I was able to do that so I took the original source file I pretty much revamped it and it was all by hand and I minted the original one on foundation and at the time I made this promise I was like hey this will be the only Nyancat that I make that is in the style of the original video. Um, because I, I know that if you kind of create too many things, it kind of dilutes the brand in some sort of way. So I made this promise like, yeah, I'm going to be making other ones in the future, but this one will be the one, you know, the most iconic one, the one that everybody knows on the internet that is Nyancat from the video. So I remastered it, put it on foundation, and it just exploded from there. Um, it's funny. I was, I was like already in the NFT space a few weeks beforehand, just kind of meeting people, talking, learning, and I learned through all this that Nyan Cat was kind of like an unofficial mascot of Ethereum, which was huge news to me. I had no idea, and that also helped with the drive of it. Nyan Cat was already existing in in the NFT space. Nyan Cat was already well known, very well established. And that's that's kind of what kicked off everything out here. Just like a, all all of these things put together, 10 years of internet virality and it's I don't know it, it's still it's still it's still a wild time knowing that it ended the way it is that auction because that that actually just kickstarted a whole new revolution for me and it's it's been a crazy ride ever since being in the NFT space. You know, I've I've heard some of this story, but hearing more of it from you firsthand is is really special to hear. And you know, when you talk about 
other memes that are out there. You know, even Zoe Roth, for example, for those who don't know, she's the subject of Disaster Girl meme. Um, she described her auction as a way for her to take control over a situation where she felt powerless over since she was in elementary school. She called minting her NFT as a once in a lifetime feeling to finally have some say in what happened with the meme. Do you feel similar to that? Oh, I absolutely feel that way. And it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I actually helped Zoe sell her Disaster Girl NFT. Wow. And I actually helped several, like almost every major meme NFT that has been on Foundation has been something that I've personally helped or curated, uh, which has been amazing, amazing, amazing. Like I, <laughs> I'll expand it a little further, but uh, to go back on Zoe's story, uh, I will say that every meme creator that has ever contacted me has shared this same exact story. Uh, and, and honestly, it's a story I share as well. It's something that some that, you know, the, the main guidelines are somebody created something, they had no idea what they had their hands on, they posted it on the internet, and then the internet exploded with it. Uh, much to the fact where sometimes the internet kind of took took it more than the original owner. And, you know, on the internet, it's really easy to get exploited. It's really easy to get, you know, people taking advantage of you. And that's what happened to a lot of these meme creators. Um, I've, I know several of these meme creators that have made huge memes out there. And unfortunately, they they sold the rights for like 100 bucks or something like that. It's It's been it's really sad knowing that. And then the companies that they would sell them to would just they, they would just run with it. They would merchandise to so hard they would make millions of dollars while the original creator would just make nothing basically so all of these meme creators whenever they came to me they would all have the same story that they were you know they were taken advantage of they don't know what to do and they just need they just really needed help in trying to figure out the nft space trying to figure out how to you know take back their their you know their iconic works the best way they can and i feel really blessed and honored to have helped dozens of original meme creators from Zoe to Grumpy Cat. And I know recently, I know um, two of my biggest, two of my biggest like people that I've helped recently was the Confidence, which was a few months ago. And that was probably a landmark sale, which ended at like $1,040,000. But the best part about that is that it went to charity. Like half of that went to the actual team that created the coffin dance meme, which is not just like one person. It's like they, you know, everybody that holds the coffins, there's people that like are switched out because, you know, they get tired. Coffins are very heavy as, as I learned. And, uh, you know, not only did it go to them, but half of it went to charity. Like, so I want to say $500,000 went straight to people in need, which is fantastic and, and exactly what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> I got, I kind of lost my tra train of thought there, but it's just really exciting, really uh, helping these kind of people out there because, uh, again, we all share the same story. And it's, and it's, uh, it's kind of weird how it all matches up together when it's all like, when we all discuss and we're like, well, yeah, we've all been through the same exact situation. It's interesting there is there's almost two parts about it. Number one is feeling like you can have control over the situation and, and putting your name on something that you created. 
The second part that I actually want to dive into is more about the rights and the ownership. And so something that you mentioned is, you know, plenty of people and I know plenty of artists as well who have sold their rights to their images for maybe a one-time fee where the new owners are able to take these massive royalty able to uh, resell the images, merchandise them, etc. Who owns the rights to Neon Cat now? Is it you or is it the holder of the NFT? Um, so the original owners of, of the Neon Cat is, is still me. I still own the rights to Neon Cat. Um, and it's been that way for 10 years or so because, you know, I'm just I'm just like an artist. And of course, I have to, like, protect my stuff. Um, when I first when Neon Cat first started on its journey, unfortunately, I learned pretty quickly that there were people trying to claim the, the the copyrights and the trademarks. Like they were filing these things saying that they were the ones that made it, which turned into like a huge thing because like these people were just basically trying to steal uh, artwork, which was really rough. But um, it, honestly though, like it's been pretty lax. Like I'm not trying to like go after people for, for stuff like that, but there have been some instances in the past where people have really tried to exploit people trying to say that, Things are official when they're not. So me as an artist, I'm, I'm very protective of, of people not getting ripped off, basically. And I've been, you know, I've been doing my best to keep things where Neancat can be something that is free and enjoyed on the Internet. But something that can't be exploited too much to the fact where, you know, somebody just takes full control and does whatever they wish from it. Because honestly, at the end, Nancat has to live on the internet. Nancat has to like exist and be changed and traded around for it to be a meme. That's how all memes are. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's definitely a wild world out there. And there's, it's uh, a lot of people don't realize how intricate and, uh, and, and complicated it can be to, to be a meme because there's just always people out there trying to take advantage of you and uh, advantage of you in any way possible. Let's now push that even further. In the world of Web3 and decentralization, there is a push towards CCO and work being public domain. In this case, you're saying, no, you're the artist, you want to own the actual asset and the rights to the image itself. So clearly we know your take for Neon Cat in particular. What about your general take of more people who are creating work or at least more viewers of work wanting to own the rights versus the artists themselves? Are you okay with this push or do you feel like it's not necessary and the owners are asking for too much? Honestly, I see both sides of the story. And actually, I've dipped my toes into all the different scenarios out there with the various projects that I've worked on. Um, I love that people want to take ownership of their work, and I'm all for that. Um, I recently did a project with the original Cryptodes team. Um, actually, had help from Gremlin to in some steps of the way to create a project called GI Toads, which is a fully CCO project. But we got 16 artists to get involved. I put in a, like four or five months on all of these trades. We put it out there and we're like, hey, all of these things are, you know, go for it. This is CCO. And it's been a fantastic, fantastic experience having that out there where people can just, you know, take artwork and build up, up, up upon them, which is, which is great. But on the other hand, uh, you have to understand that, you know, there's artists that are, you know, also behind a lot of these works. And a lot of people like me, you know, they had nothing before they had, you know, the success that they did with their artwork. So I understand people wanting to be protective of their artworks. Um, but it, it really goes both ways on that. It depends on the artists. It depends on the community. So there's no, like, clear-cut answer on all that. But in terms of CCO, the projects that are out there actively 
letting people use our work for all this stuff. It's fantastic. And I know like the nouns, the cryptos are some of the hugest ones in the space right now. And it's really cool seeing all the creativity being built up upon these brands where you can just take the the nouns glasses, put them on something else. You can take a crypto, put it on anything else and just kind of have fun with it, remix things. Uh, it's, it's a really fun experience in that regard. I love that. And, and a huge shout out to the nouns team and would welcome all listeners of this to check out the nouns DAO and what they're doing with their treasury. It's very interesting stuff and it really shows where CCO can go. And so Chris, I'd love to move on diving into the meme economy. So I'd love to start it off with a Twitter thread that I read a few months ago from Balajis, B-A-L-A-J-I-S, who wrote, the meme economy will become real. Meme creators will make NFTs, Timestamps give proof of first. Meme engine partially goes on chain. Memetic spread is more traceable. Memers become millionaires. Risky art becomes uncensorable and monetizable. Art moves outside regime control. In your eyes, does the word meme and the word economy work together? Or does it gentrify or give too much meaning to your POV on what a meme should be? AKA, is it okay, this massive overlap that we are seeing between memes and economy? It's funny you mentioned that. Um, whenever the Nyancat NFT sold, I, I, I call, I, I literally made a tweet like the moment it sold, claiming that Nyancat had opened up the gates to the meme economy. And I actually called it the meme economy at the time. Uh, so it, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, no, I really do believe that there's an entire economy around memes because like I mentioned earlier, there are there, there's so much marketing nowadays put into some of these projects trying to look like organic memes. And, and on the other flip side, the original meme creators that have come to me for help have also, you know, found great success in the NFT space. So there's absolutely a whole ecosystem on memes. And if you really think about it, NFTs in a whole are memes because there's something that you have to get eyes on and form communities on for them to thrive. So in a way, it's something like, hey, this is an NFT that I'm into. Uh, check it out. So you send it to your friends and then your friends send it to your, you know, their friends as well. And then that's how memes also get spread. So the connection between NFTs and memes are way more similar than you think because it's almost exactly the same exact uh, building blocks behind everything. Now it just depends on the company behind them and how they choose to like you know expand further on there. But like the the core the core part is it's it's some it's a piece of artwork that you're sharing to your friends and then they're sharing to their friends as well. And but now the flip side is that as an artist, a creator, you can monetize on that on those on the eyes on your work because the more demand for a product, the the better that a project will do. But I guess let me let me push back on there in terms of seeing financial rewards. You were able to reap the benefits of trying to merchandise Neon Cat prior to NFTs. Why is it so different now for you? Before before NFTs, Neon Cat was really difficult to monetize off of. Um, basically, all memes were really difficult to monetize off of because, like I mentioned, everybody would just take it and run with it while the original artist would just, you know, make bare bones. But now on in the in the world of NFTs, you have the digital ownership. You have 
the transaction saying, hey, this person made it. And honestly, from there, it's exploded NyanCat's popularity because now NyanCat exists in the NFT space. There's a value now. There's a value that you can see with a dollar point that shows, hey, this meme is now worth this much money. And and I and I find that really important because, you know, like nobody really knows what a meme is worth before all of this. But now, like with NFTs, you have every single piece of information at your disposal that tells you exactly who made it, how much it's worth and where it's going. And I feel like that's the most important part, like where it's being sent to, who owns it. And that kind of opens up more transparency. And honestly, it's been more of a free experience. a freeing experience, I guess, it having that out there because now you Nancat has you know more respect under its belt, more um, more of a portfolio, more of an environment, an ecosystem to build upon. Very interesting, and and I want to dive even more into that around you know meme uh, mimetic desire. Um, you know, memes as a whole, it, they cause people to, or at least the meme economy as a whole, they really cause people to like invest in mass into things that they may have little knowledge of behind like who else is part of this movement. But then you've got this social proof that's provided by friends and influencers, and it creates a network effect that when combining this with like a genuine value proposition, it's super powerful and it can move financial markets. Some could say that this is a very big part of the rise of NFTs, the whole idea of community and gathering. Now that we've hit this point of people understanding the power of NFTs and community building, I would love to just know from your POV moving forward, what do you think the main driver of NFT adoption will be? Is it going to be from more memes becoming NFTs? Is it going to be more utility-led or what else in your perspective do you think is going to continue to be a driver of NFT adoption? Honestly, um, it's a little bit of everything you've just mentioned. Uh, I think the most important part is community. Uh, the best thing about Yancat's history is that it's had 10 years to circle the world and, and become a worldwide name. So, you know, people looking at Yancat now, they already recognize it. It's been an established brand all of these years. And they can, tr- you know, they can trust my work because I, I've, held very true to myself i've never like i've never tried to take advantage of people in any kind of sort of way i'm always trying to make sure that everybody is happy with my artwork and nfts have the power to do that as well uh you see all of these discords being made or or just you know just internet communities mostly on twitter discord sometimes telegram although i don't use telegram and from there you know communities thrive and and from there that's where NFTs really get their power. When people can see a project, they can trust the developers behind it and they can invest knowing or at least thinking that, you know, what they're putting their money into will have a higher value in the long run. Very interesting, Chris. And as we wrap this up, uh, I've got one more loaded question for you. What's next for memes? Where do they go from here? Whether you want to talk them being on chain or off chain? Uh, honestly, memes, it's, memes are going to do whatever they want to do. I, I know this is a silly answer, but you really can't control memes. Like memes are out there already, you know, all over the internet. People are sharing them a million times a second all over the place. Uh, in terms of NFTs, I I feel like memes will have a good staying power out there, especially the ones that, you know, like I've 
help curate because people know that the artist that is behind this exact NFT is the original creator of the said meme or a piece of artwork in there. Um, and, and everybody that has contacted me has really loved that as well. And the fact that the artist can make future income off of that piece of artwork as well, that's that's really a huge part of the memes. Uh, memes and NFTs, being able to sell an NFT and then knowing that the original artist will still be compensated, even though you are making a profit off of it, that's just huge. That's just a fantastic asset of NFTs. I love it, Chris. And, and clearly you've got a lot on your plate, a lot to be excited for. You've had a great rise. And the most interesting part about it for me is how you've stuck through it. You know, this is not necessarily, you know, at first it was an overnight success, but then it became a 10 plus year journey. And so seeing you stick through it is very exciting to watch. And I'm excited for your future endeavors. And before we sign off, where can we find you? The best place to find me is on Twitter, uh, PR Guitar Man. I'm the I'm the flashing cat. Uh, and then there's the Nyan Cat Collection, where if you search for it on OpenSea, it's the one with the check mark. And um and, and actually, I want to say the collection's almost finished, if not already, where all these Nyan cats are hand-drawn, and each one gives you utility in, in every single project that I intend on doing in the future. So, yeah, those are the best ways to find me. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here, for sure. Of course. Excited for everything, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, man. I hope you have a great day. You too. That's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. Hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next time.